My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Welcome back to the uh, the Aerospace Executive Podcast. I am uh, thrilled to have my my good friend, my producer, podcast uh, podcast producer Matt Johnson with me. Matt mm-hmm. is a, the president of Pursuing Results. He's got his own podcast going as well. He's been a good friend for a couple of years. He also does the his, his podcast is what the Micro Famous podcast, and right. you can see his book in the background. <laughs> I know we need to get you writing a book. We got to write a book. Got to write a book. I don't know. Everybody's writing a book. Maybe maybe what we're talking about today will end up in the book. We'll see. We'll see. I yeah. got to write a book one day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I let's get into my, it. I can write my book from from stupid from incredibly stupid to. Think back on all the stupid stuff I did when I was younger. <laughs> I think all of life. It's like it's probably I, uh, like Charlie Munger would say, all of life is just getting slightly less stupid. Stupid. I think, yes. and I think that is a very accurate statement. <laughs> slightly less. Stupid. Maybe that's the title of my book. Slightly less stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna fly off the shelves. I love it. There you go. So. All right. So we're talking about three things that an executive needs to have right now in aerospace, in aviation to to thrive. Let's set the scene a little bit. Uh, I was kind of picking your brain a little bit on what you're seeing in the industry. And right now, it's uh, you're, you know, there's some optimism, right, yep. which, which we haven't seen in the industry in a while. But there's also all these weird kind of undercurrents. There's societal stuff going on. There's, you know, material shortages. There's people shortages. Yep. There's all this stuff going on. Um, so first of all, where's the optimism coming from and, and what, what kind of feedback are you getting? So here, here's where the optimism is. You know, um, all the dire predictions of a year ago, yeah, throw them all out. They're, they're mm. bullshit. Um, excuse my language. They're all... Yes. I was on an airplane last week. I flew out to LA and um, the DFW airport was as crowded as I've ever seen it. Mm. Like literally as crowded as I've ever seen it. Every flight I was on was full and everybody who says the business traveler won't come back. Well, they're liars because Mm. the guy next to me on my flight was a sales rep for a company. The guy in front of us heard us talking. (laughs) He turns around and he hears over here. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm flying business too. And everybody around us was on a business trip. So, you know, business travel is coming back. The masks are gone. I don't care what you say. COVID's over. (laughs) Um, (laughs) COVID has been declared unofficially. I don't know. I don't know right. who's who's responsible for declaring it over, but it's over. Right. You know, now it's just talk. So yeah, that's kind of where it is. You know, eventually, you know, now we're gonna start talking about Europe opening up, mm-hmm. flights back to Europe. I saw JetBlue is starting to fly back too. Cool. So now but but what you've got is now this paradigm. Everybody shed people. Mm. You, you could see what was going to happen? You know, and look, you can't blame people because what did everybody do when COVID hit? You know, the whole country shuts down. Mm-hmm. You know, you stop your ordering, you stop, you know, you're laying off people because you don't know how much cash you're going to have. You can't, you know, nobody knows in the future. So everybody just chopped. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, what's happening now is it's coming back. It's easy to turn out the lights. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to turn out the factory lights. It's real hard to get them back on. Yeah. Now, so now you see supply chains whacked out, you know, and there's a lot of reasons that, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that excessive government unemployment checks, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that that is keeping people on the sidelines. But on the flip side, I think there's other reasons too. I think that, you know, childcare, you know, the fact that childcare has been, you know, severely, kids aren't going to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, somebody's got to be at home with the kids. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. I think that that's a, a big reason too. There's a lot of reasons. So ultimately, I think the next eighteen months are going to be chaotic. It's like, how do we rebuild this yeah. thing? Yeah. And I'm working with a lot of mid market companies right now. I mean, it's been crazy busy for me. Um, I think eleven. It's May, and I've done eleven placements with four or five more in the works Goodness. i mean it's Holy like cow, oh my God. and and um it's crazy busy and why is it crazy busy everybody's thinking about the future everybody's adapting and realistically i think people are actually saying hey look you know now that i'm rebuilding what am i rebuilding with am i going back to the people that i let go mm -hmm. mm, maybe not <laughs> It's a pretty good time to reevaluate. Well, it's kind of like, hey, look, if you know, if I've got some money in my pocket, do I go back to what I? Yeah, do I go? Do I do I go back to the status quo, or I think about can I do a little bit better? Yeah, that's the the thing. Challenges mm -hmm. in hiring right now. If you want to reload, you know, real estate prices are through the that's roof. True. That is true. If you have, are you trying, if you're trying to get somebody to re re relocate to Florida or Texas, good luck. Um, I've placed a guy in Poughkeepsie, New York. You know, like good old Poughkeepsie, New York. I, I know Poughkeepsie. Mm -hmm. And the prices, everybody outside, everybody moved out of Manhattan and they moved up to Poughkeepsie and they were oh. willing to pay. They were willing to pay. Right. Yeah. You know, insane. Insane for Poughkeepsie prices. Insane for Poughkeepsie prices, but there's no, but there's not, there wasn't a lot of supply up there to begin with. So now, mm. how do you move somebody to Poughkeepsie? Mm. Um, so these are the these are the challenges that companies are now faced with. Yeah, you know, their ability to adapt to these changes is going to prove crucial to their success. Are we back in the office? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, has any big companies in aerospace made the same types of announcements that like Golden Sachs and some of them have made, like where they definitively said, this is what we're going to do? They're asking me, what are people doing? You know, and you say, well, look, the, the, the person you have, the APAR person in finance, do they need to be back in the office or can they do it from home? Well, you know, they could probably do it from home. All right. Mm -hmm. But that could be career limiting because... Yeah. Yeah, you know, out of sight, out of mind. That is true. So what do you do? Hey, look, if you want to, if you got some challenges, you know, do what you can, you know, if you're APAR or if you're finance or somebody who does sales, you know, show up in the office and let us see you every now and again. So we, we remember your face and your name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then exit George Costanza style while the, while the getting, well, just exit on a joke. Yeah, exactly. You know, just come in and let us see us. So that's kind that's of the right. adapt, but that's the adaptability that 
Yeah, and that's one of the things you wanted to talk about, the adaptability. Um, so let, let's go deeper on, on into that. So in, in terms of when, when you think of adaptability, what's, um, how would you define that, especially for an executive? And we're talking about, you know, not just someone that's rolling into an office and kind of dealing with the work from home stuff, but just the volatility of the industry. How does an executive deal with that? How does an executive be adaptable? I think at the end of the day, it's adaptability to me is being able to you know, really forward think. You know, when you think about, I got people that are sort of here, sort of not. How do I keep them engaged? Um, everybody is Zoom tired. Mm -hmm. So I think very high emotional intelligence is a key point. Um, you got to be able to engage with people, whether they're showing up to the office or not, mm. and understand how they're engaging with you. So, yeah, how are they perceiving you? Okay. Um, and how so are you? A little you, bit of empathy, ability to put you, yourself in other people's shoes, see see the world through their eyes. It's being, but it's being there. But it's mm. being there. You can't hide. Right. You, you know, it's not like a big organization. You know, big organizations. You know, a lot of people. You know, big organizations they can hide. Um, you can't hide. You know, I think flexibility, you know, you think about, you know, you think about, uh, I'll give you a great, I was talking to somebody today. Um, Honeywell wants 180 day payment terms for their suppliers. Okay. Wow. You think like, okay, you deliver us the product, we'll pay you in six months. <laughs> so, <laughs> As okay, opposed get, to what, uh, like net 90 or something like that? What? What's fair? 60? <laughs> yeah, 60? 30? <laughs> Payment. 180. Yeah. Basically, they, they this, want zero interest financing. This is now, now there's going to be some Honeywell people listening to this too. So they, they may call me up and say, hey, yeah, no, you're not exactly accurate. Okay. So, but I'm hearing that like some big companies and Honeywell being one of them. So if I'm not accurate, somebody from Honeywell call me up and we'll, right. we'll but they're saying we want 180 day payment terms. So if I'm a small supplier to them, let's just say I'm a 10 or $20 million supplier. I've got a hundred people that I'm paying. Mm -hmm. I've got raw materials I'm buying, which are now I'm hoping to get from China on time, which <laughs> judging from all the ships I saw off of LA Harbor the other day, that ain't happening. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm buying these, this, I'm paying my people, I'm buying this raw material, I'm building this stuff. And I'm sending it to my clients and praying that they pay me, bef you know, before I have to go golf any for a payday loan. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that's that's a challenge. Good leaders, how are you adapting to that? Mm. You know, what kind of bank? What kind of bank? Yeah, you know, what you know, covenants? So the, these are mm -hmm. the challenges that CEOs and VPs of operations are are being you know, you know tasked with every day. So that's the kind of the adaptability, flexibility mm -hmm. part. Gotcha. And the ability to be going, all right, I see this thing happening. Supply chains are still whacked out mm -hmm. and they're going to be for probably another 180 days, hundred to 365 days. Mm -hmm. you know, how long is this going to, you know, how am I flexing to, to meet this, meet this stuff? Yeah. Okay. So adaptability, flexibility, ability to think forward, think into the future look at the conditions as they evolve and come up with, well, let's get into the creative problem solving next, but essentially be able to look into the future and at least see what, what the problems are now, what they're going to be and start thinking and have the ability to move quickly 
into new and unique directions. Now let's get into the problem solving and the kind of the creativity part because you, you gave some, you know, some idea of what the problems that they're facing. Um, how does an executive, how, how do you as an executive cultivate or develop that ability to think creatively when, I don't know, maybe you've been working at a company where things are going pretty well and you just haven't had to flex those, flex those chops in a while? Yeah. You know what? I, I'm a big believer in this. Don't bring me your problems. <laughs> I got plenty. Of, I got plenty of problems. Right. If I'm a leader and I'm in an organization, um, yeah, I'll give you a great example. Good friend of mine, you know, in San Diego runs a company. He's got a company. He's, I don't know, thirty million dollar company. It's you know a lot of venture capital, and he's like, it's hard. I'm I'm the I'm the CEO of this company. I've got. OEM relationships. I've got um, COVID I'm dealing with. I've got supplier relationships. I've got investors in my company. I've got, you know, a hundred people I'm trying to take care of. And I'm trying to focus on my business. And then, you know, you, you think about people in the company. And then he got a little frustrated. He goes, yeah, then I got people are like, well, what about me? What's the company doing for me? Right. I'm like, and he's like, it, it, it's, it's so many people tugging at your pant leg. It gets, it gets very overwhelming. It's, it's very easy to see where, you know, we're sitting at dinner and we're talking and uh, you know, he's right. And you think about now, if I'm a CEO of uh, you know, a company and it's once again, any company, you know, in aerospace, all these people are, Tug it on my pant leg, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. So I think the answer is don't bring me your problems. Mm. Now, yeah, I know we got supply chain problems. Bring me three solutions. It's just like, here's the problem. Here's three avenues we can go down. You know, we can go down A. If we go down A, this is the result that I think we'll achieve. This may be the stumbling block. This is how long it's going to take. If we go down to Avenue B, this is what it's going to do. Mm -hmm. Avenue C, you know, whatever. It's much easier to go to somebody and say, we've got the problems or we've got it. We're going to have a problem. I've got three solutions. I'm giving you the solutions. Here's what I think is the best one. Here's what I'm going down unless you say something different. Mm -hmm. Wow. You just gave somebody some confidence that you actually know what the hell you're doing mm -hmm. versus going, gee, boss, things are all screwed up. What do you want <laughs> What do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I was going to say, man, you may, you might be able to get away with that in bigger companies, but yeah, in small to mid market companies where one individual's actions can have a huge impact on the overall result. I mean, everybody has to pull their weight and everybody has to think creatively and come up with solutions. You can't have somebody that just focuses on the problem and doesn't bring, bring anything to it. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, cultivating creativity is an interesting thing right mm -hmm. and and you you talked about forward thinking i think that's one of the most crucial parts is the ability to kind of look into the future look at the trends that are going on and see how they can interact and look for these kind of just create you know, out of box is such a cliche but it's 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 a cliche for a reason because it's a good visual description of what real creative thinking is which is to go outside the boundaries of what the conventional solutions would be and look for something that's maybe from another industry or maybe there's something that nobody has thought of before and actually have the courage to stand up and go to somebody and say hey i think we should try this and if you're looking at 
an executive in a mid-market company, you've got to be willing to stick your neck out sometimes and say, hey, this is like we're in unprecedented, uh, unprecedented times. That phrase has been uttered 60,000 mm -hmm. times in print over the last year. Well, maybe we need to do some things that are unprecedented to deal with it. Maybe that means we have to step outside of things that, you know, step outside of our comfort zone. And man, that's inside of a company. It's hard for people to do that, even at an executive level, because it's your, at the end of the day, it's your butt on the line. Mm -hmm. But if you're not willing to stick, stick that out there, um, unless you're the CEO, you know, I mean, that's kind of your job. But if you're reporting to the CEO, man, that, that is a hard thing to do, but it's what you get. It's what the CEO wants from you. Yeah, you know, to me, it's like, hey, look, you know, are you are you an employee or are you a leader? I mean, you know, right. it's, it's like one of those things like, look, you know, look, employees are people that show up to work. They do their nine to five. They go, you know, they they they, they just want their paycheck. It's the union. You know, it's the union yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it's like, hey, look, I just, you know, just pay me. Yeah, whatever. And I'll do what you tell me to do. And it's all cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, they make 30 bucks an hour for a reason. Right. You know, or, you know they, they never go above their 30 bucks because they never really sit there and look outside and go, gee, why does that guy, you think, what was the, uh, what was the movie? The Wolf of Wall Street. It's a great movie. <laughs> if you remember right. the, the beginning of The Wolf of Wall Street, you know, it's, uh, I don't know who the actor is, Matt Damon or whoever, he shows up in his Ferrari and the guy looks at him in the diner and goes, how much do you make? What do you, what do you make a month? And the guy goes, 60. 70 he goes 60 or 70 bucks he goes thousand <laughs> he goes i don't know what you do but i want to do it <laughs> you know that's it's it's a different yeah it's like a different mentality and you yeah. look around and you go okay yo why is that person leading the team they're willing to stick their neck out right you know most of your great leaders most of your great entrepreneurs were all fired at some point <laughs> that's true <laughs> guy who's a co-owner of the Phoenix Suns. I sat down I sat down and negotiated a deal with him one day. And I asked him straight up, I go, what's your story? He yeah. goes, well, I worked for this marketing company. And they thought I was disruptive. So they fired me. <laughs> oh, really? He goes, okay. yeah. He goes, I worked for them for two years. And they thought I was really disruptive. And they fired me. So I started a competing company out of the trunk of my car. Um, the deal I was negotiating with him was uh, three airplanes, like 60 million bucks. <laughs> oh, and, and, awesome. and I said, so what happened to the company? He goes, oh, I put him out of business. No way. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, hey, oh, look, yeah, awesome. I'll be, I'll be a little disruptive. You know, mm -hmm. if I get fired, I get fired. That's confidence. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and I think that's what you're looking for, uh, at least right now. That's what that's what companies need. If you're the leader or an executive at a mid-market company, that's that's kind of what the market is looking for you to do. I think that's it's basically demanding those types of like mm -hmm. that that mental approach because that's the only way. I mean, to me, you can't be creative without that level of mental freedom, right? The the willingness to stick your neck out, the willingness to take the chance, the willingness to live with the consequences of whether you might have guessed wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you just you don't get creative solutions to anything unless you're willing to be wrong. Um, and that takes a level of security in yourself and um, mm -hmm. and in your career that, hey, if I get this one wrong, I'll be mm -hmm. fine. I'll recover. Now, yeah, maybe I'll lose this job, but my career trajectory will be fine. Uh, mm -hmm. That takes a lot to kind of build that that sense of uh, of confidence in yourself. 
But it's a big, but it's a big, the one, the number one I can complain I hear from kind of VP level director, you know, senior director of VP level people at big companies is that I'm very limited as to what I can do. You know, I'm kind of in this box. Mm, okay. You know, which I appreciate, you know, Lockheed Martin or Boeing, you know, they're, they're not going to let you get overly entrepreneurial. Right. Because yeah, hey, look, it's, but if you want to be a big company, if you're a big company person and you want to go to a small company where you can quote unquote be an entrepreneur, you better be prepared for a couple of things. It's a huge mind shift. This is the adaptability. Mm -hmm. The adaptability is you may have a big cushy office and you may, you may have it. I remember going from a big company to a really small company and my, my, my beautiful office turned into a small cubicle. <laughs> like, you know, as a oof, this sucks. And it was like, hey, take out your own trash. And it was like, you know, oh, you got to make your own copies. And oh, yeah, you make, you know, it's, and it was a big, it was a big mind shift change. Okay. And you're like, oh, cool. But on the flip side, too, you know, you weren't, you weren't begging permission. Right. To, yeah. to do anything. You're just kind of getting it all, you know, getting it all done. Yeah. That's, it was a, that was a huge mind shift change. Mm -hmm. And that's one that people need to be able to make. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think in this next 12 months, everybody needs to act like a small company. Every person needs to act like a small company person where I'm just going to just go do it. And I'm not going to ask permission. It's easier to beg forgiveness than ask permission. And you just go do it. Everybody's a small company right now. <laughs> All right. So to sum up the three things, high EQ, yep. high creativity and problem solving skills. And we finished with high adaptability. High adaptability. That's what the next 12 months are going to bring. Okay. I think. And you got to be willing to make it great. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, look, yeah, we're, it's going to be, it's going to be weird for 12 more months. Just make it great. Couldn't have said it better. All right. How do people reach out? How do they connect with you? 910-509-7129 or Craig at NorthStarESG.com. All right. Well, I hope the right people reach out. If you're listening, um, if you're an executive in the aviation aerospace uh, industry and you feel like you have or you want to develop those three elements that we talked about, reach out because that that's the type of people that Craig is looking for. That's the type of people that you place that you're looking for. That's the, that's the kind of person that the companies that engage with you are looking to hire. So if you're on the receiving end of this podcast listening and you're wondering, you know, if, if you're the right person that should reach out and kind of raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm looking to potentially make a move. That is the kind of person, if you have those three elements or you want to develop and cultivate them, if you're drawn to those three elements, then yeah, they should absolutely reach out. All right. That's all we got for this episode. We'll see everybody on the next one. Thanks, Matt. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.